Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Say time flies when you're having fun. We're having an exceptional amount of fun here. Happy Wednesday. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. I was down at Northwest Motorsport today, uh, checking in, seeing what's going on, hooking up some Grizz ticks, you know, taking care of the peeps. They claim to have the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. It's not a claim, it's a fact. So if you're in the market for a truck, SUV, any sort of rig, to be honest, but they specialize in trucks, head on down to Northwest Motorsport. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount uh, here in Missoula. And uh, they have, of course, for sure, no question, the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Having a great time around here, hanging out with all my buddies. Uh, It's fun when you have... Great professional and personal relationships with those that you work with. And, uh, you know, now we get to the point where I've been doing this for a little while. So built up some equity with a lot of people. And uh, it's fun making the rounds, getting different voices, different opinions, having great conversations. So 
To get things started off with the conversation, myself and Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, had last night, actually. If you're wondering why I keep telling you about pre-recorded stuff on the radio, it's because now we have to, and we'll get into that a little bit more here with Sean. But uh, Sean's going to join us off the top. We're going to talk all things Big Sky Conference football, specifically through the lens of the Grizzlies as the Big Sky Conference uh, opener for Montana on the horizon, as well as around the rest of the league. Transition on the other side of the Continental Divide, about 4.30. We're going to hear from Alex Eshelman, our Montana State Minute, giving you an update on the Bobcats as they make their way out to Portland. It's also a Wednesday, so that means it's a wing it Wednesday. So we have fancy football advice for you, as well as the opportunity for you to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Hour number two, we're also going to do what we always do around here, the ESPN Roundtable. And this week, a guy that's been on the ESPN Roundtable a couple times, Sam Herter, Hero Sports. He's going to give us the lay of the land across the FCS as conference play begins pretty much in every league in the country. What's his thoughts on 10, count them, 10 FCS over FBS upsets? What's that say about the FCS? What's that say about the FBS? Who are some of the teams to beat on the national level? What does he think of the top 10 in the polls right now? And, of course, what does Sam think of the Big Sky Conference? Then about 5.30, you can have our prep extra. Tyler Smith, who does a great job uh, with the Class AA High School Football page on Facebook. He also is the facilitator now of the Treasure State Media Poll. He took that over from Anthony Nackreiner, our good buddy here. So Tyler's uh, very locked in on Class AA football, so he'll join us here about 5.30 as well. Well, I would say one of the best parts about my job is that I, uh, I get to make the rounds and talk sports with my buddies. And I got a few buddies where the conversation, especially the ones that we present to all you fine listeners, are fully unplanned. We just let it ride. And uh, we hope it's just like a conversation between two good friends. Because right now, I'm joined by SWX Montana Sports Director Sean Rainey, one of my good friends. We're doing this on a Tuesday night here outside the SWX stations. If you're wondering why I'm always telling you when stuff is pre-recorded now, I care about you, but more than anything, I have to. It's a new FCC rule. We got to tell you what's pre-recorded, so make the most of it and uh, give you the real setting here. But Sean, we got a beautiful Montana sunset behind us, and I can't wait to have you on the show. This is uh, this is pretty cool out here. Yeah, I mean this is great. I mean the the only hard part about our jobs is like we're so busy that it's hard for us to get together. Like normally, I, I'm able to during the slower part of the year, able to swing by the studio on a Wednesday and do the whole show with you, but. We are just, I mean, that's, that's my only day off of the week is on a Wednesday. And right. so I, I try to do my family stuff and, sure. and all that. But we are just, uh, you know, slamming and jamming during this time of year. We're not complaining because we love it and we like this busy time of year. The busy time of year is fun. But, yeah, we don't get a chance to just uh, sit down and, and chat very often, especially just about just everyday life and stuff. I'm sure you get this question a lot, too, where I tell people, I'm working the Grizz game. Okay, what does that mean? I, I got to be down set on my tailgate show at 9 o'clock in the morning. We're probably not going to get done the Grizz portion of it until 9 o'clock at night, but then there'll be another three to four hours about the Bobcat part of it. And people are like, man, that sounds terrible. I'm like, no, dude, that's what we live for, though, is the Saturdays, particularly actually at the games, right? Because we do all this lead up to the games, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, that's just where you get to watch the game. Talk to your buddies. You get to see everybody. I get to see you. You get to see me, Brooks, everybody involved. So uh, Saturdays are kind of what we live for. And that's I, I'm glad you said that because we're not complaining. This is pretty good. Uh, we got it pretty good and uh, pretty pretty fun to talk sports uh, in your hometown. Uh, Rainey, I want to talk to you about a variety of different subjects. 
But first and foremost, let's start with the Big Sky Conference because uh, last weekend capped what I would argue is the best season by the Big Sky Conference in my 16 years covering the conference in terms of the non-conference schedule. Uh, NAU's 21-19 victory over Arizona, a uh, uh, the fourth F- uh, over an FBS by a Big Sky team, including the second from the Pac-12, first time that's ever happened. So I know we could take that route and just start by talking about how bad the Pac-12 is, but I don't want to go there yet. First of all, did you catch any of the Big Sky action on Saturday? And uh, it seems like there's a lot of optimism coming into this thing because I think that there's five or six really, really, really good teams. I followed along with like some of the scores. I didn't watch any because, as a lot of people know, like when you have like a young family and you get the bye week, like I just oh, kind of out, I yeah. unplugged. You know, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't really watching really any football on Saturday, especially now too. That like I watch more NFL because on Saturdays. I'm usually working all day. For sure. So right. I don't get to watch a lot of college football, so it's hard for me to like get attached to like teams and like know the narratives of college football because I'm always working all day. So I'm more into the NFL because Sundays is my day to kind of just like chill, hang out with the family, have the the games on. So didn't really watch much, um, but followed along and yeah, I mean, the big sky I mean, NAU beating Arizona, it's just like Yikes. Yikes. I mean like how I don't want to just, like, you know, poo-poo the Pac-12. But, sure. like, if you're a Pac-12 school and you're lo- losing to a middle-tier at, at best, at the best NAU team, like, they're, I mean, probably, like, in the, like, 25 to 30%, like, of the of the Big Sky. Like in that, I picked NAU to finish ninth in the Big Sky Conference yeah, this fall. So they're in, like, the bottom quarter. It's Bagby walking by. We're giving you real time because we got to tell you everything that's going on. So, uh, SWX producer Vince Bagby getting back from a little dinner. He's got a little. He's got some chips. Got some fuel. It's all good. Uh, but Sean, that, that's the whole thing. Again, I don't want to take the negative route. Montana's win at Washington won for the ages. I thought the Cats performed very well against Wyoming. I think UC Davis's win over Tulsa is a really good win because Tulsa was a good squad last year. They played in the AAC championship game against Cincinnati, so a good program. But you know, winning in Vegas, great. You did it. Awesome. Eastern Washington, you are 3-0 and coming into conference play. The UNLV team I watched, really bad, man. I watched the NAU-Arizona game. Arizona made so many mistakes, but, man, they are just bad. They just don't have good players. And I think that it's not a coincidence. I think that there's been this diametric shift for a variety of reasons, many of which we will not bore you getting into. But I think that the COVID year or year and a half affected so many different levels. But I think that it it, it leveled the playing field out west. I think so many of the Pac-12 programs regressed. So many of the Mountain West programs regressed because of where they're located. And it gave these big sky teams a chance to be a lot better, too. So I think it's twofold, right? I think that the Pac-12's down. Some of these non-conference, these uh, upsets, quote-unquote upsets over FBSs, maybe not as impressive as you might want to believe. But still, it seems like the playing field's a lot more level out west in college football. Yeah, and I kind of take everything a little bit with a grain of salt. I think it shows that, one, that these the teams, a lot of the teams in the big sky, like if you show up and play bad, yeah. And they play well, like, you can get beat. No question. Um, but also, like, remember, like, when... That's every team in the league, though. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, would you agree that Northern Colorado's probably a bottom three team? Yeah. But if you show up to Greeley and play and bad, suck, Joel McCaffrey could totally yeah, beat you. They yeah. could beat you 28 Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but I also, you know, I'm looking back, and I remember, like, remember when, like, Portland State beat... Like Washington State and, and then, North Texas, and then they weren't all that great. In the well, they were that great that year. They went nine and three that year. They finished second in the league. They got a playoff seed, but 
to your point, they got a bye in the playoffs and they lost to Northern Iowa at home. So, you know, at the same time, one of the great seasons of Portland State history, only their second playoffs season ever. But, but uh, we've seen like you're right, you're bad right. Big Sky teams have these non-conference wins, and then you're like, oh man, look out for them. And then you get into league play, and you're like, oh, they are who we thought they were. So here's here's an affirmation of that point. Before this year, there was 18 wins by Big Sky teams over FBS opponents over the last 20 years. The first 20 years of this century, there was 18 wins in 20 years. Okay, four of those were Montana over Idaho. So let's remove that from the equation, right? Because even though it is an FBS win, Montana had a dominant upper hand in that rivalry, and they were getting Idaho to come to Missoula. I mean, it was a home, 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 and home. So they were beating the Vandals in Washington Grizzly Stadium. So I'm not demeaning those wins, but let's take those out because they're sort of outliers. Okay, then you take the other 14 of those teams that posted wins, I think five of those were by Eastern Washington teams. So if you remove those from the sample size, because Eastern Washington was a playoff team, both of those instances, Montana, Eastern, playoff teams. Everybody else that's beaten FBS opponents, only UC Davis in 2018, Portland State in 2015 made the playoffs. Sac State's won two or three FBS games, not in the season that they went to the playoffs, the only time they went to the playoffs. So I guess you're, to exactly your point, Oftentimes, FBS wins by Big Sky teams, they do not predict success. Oftentimes, that is the biggest win of the year, and then that team does not make the playoffs. Do you think, and and this is another thing about just like with the non-conference versus the conference, like obviously Montana's win over Washington is, is huge. Huge. You know, biggest regular season win. It's huge for recruiting and all that. Huge for recruiting. Yeah. I mean, I mean you already you had 10 guys from that area already on the team, and now you got kids around Seattle – looking at that, saying, man, Corbin Walker's balling at Montana, you know? Cam Humphrey, balling at Montana. It's such a good recruiting tool. Well, I I, kind of think it's funny not to, like, you know, throw the name, like, throw the kid out there, but, like, that Cam Sermon, like, the quarterback that was at Sentinel, like, committed to the Grizz, and then was like, no, I'd rather walk on to Washington than than, than the Grizz beat him. I just think that that was kind of just kind of funny. No question. But I think that, I mean, as far as um, where the Grizz want to go this this year like this game coming up at eastern is massive massive like it, it is it is a huge huge game and it's so it's so huge because of the transfer to espn2 i mean i think it's the single biggest opportunity from a student recruiting perspective that montana's had in since when probably 2011 when they played sam houston state in the in the semifinals of the fcs plus it's enormous yeah and i'm not like trying to like skip over to cal poly sure but i mean I, Cal Poly, know, I mean, Cal Poly, no quarterback, new system. They don't have hardly any chance in Missoula. Yeah, like, I mean. I mean, I would take Grizz minus 40. Yeah, the Grizz, I mean, if, <laughs> if that game is if that game is not, if that game is, like, only, like, two scores, like, people will start freaking out. You know, like, that should be, you know, a blowout for sure. Well, no question. I mean, this is a team that lost by two scores to the San Diego team I watched last weekend, which we'll get into in a minute. Bad. <laughs> they were one of the worst Division One teams I've seen, and that's a program with a lot of history, a lot of great success. They're just not as as good as they once were. Uh, but this that San Diego team lost to this Cal Poly team by two scores. So we're not demeaning Cal Poly. Bo Baldwin was on Nuanas Now yesterday. He's awesome. I think he'll get it rolling there. This is just not the year. So uh, to your point, we're not overlooking uh, Montana State at Portland State. I actually think that's going to be a pretty good game. And, again, we'll get into that in a minute. But we're not overlooking this homecoming game for the Grizz. But the thing everybody has on their calendar is October 2nd in Cheney. Yeah, and not to, like, sound like like we're discrediting anybody. But, like, this is how 
we should be thinking when when the Grizz are back to where they are. Like, yes, 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 like, yes. You should be looking at the schedule and be like, oh, there's like five bye weeks, or like there's five like weeks where like you should just show up and just Roll. beat the living heck out of them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and and I don't I don't think that that's bad to like think that or say that. Like, and obviously like the coaches and all the players like will never say that, and it's like the cliche like every game, blah blah blah. But like. You know, Montana should just roll into Saturday and, you know, easily win and get out of there and, yes. and be totally fine. And, you know, and then as fans, like, I think it's okay for us to kind of look ahead to Eastern Washington because that game is – I mean, if Montana wants to get back to competing for a national championship, they have to win that game. Because sure. you, you win that game and that sets you up for the rest of the year because all the other mo- most difficult games you have are at home. And, cause, and now, like, if you win that game, you could really start thinking about – you know, home field throughout the playoffs, yep. seeding, all those implications. And that should be the expectation, as you're saying. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, we should just be like, yeah, yeah, this this Cal Poly, Dixie State, like, those, like it, these are just, like, going through the motions games. No question. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director here on Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you live on ESPN Radio, as well as Sean's station, SWX Montana TV. Talking all things Big Sky Conference. It's our uh, all football all the time presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has their summer clearance sale going on. They're located at 4800 Grant Creek Road. So head on down there. Check out some of the most diverse and uh, fancy inventory you're going to find anywhere in the city of Missoula. Um, You're totally right, Sean. And that's, I think, I've said this many, many times here on Nuanas now. The number one thing Bobby Houck brings is his expectation of excellence. His quote when he was first hired is the only thing that's different about the Big Sky Conference is Montana's not sitting at the top with a zero in the loss call. That's it. That's all. It sounded cocky. He got so much pushback for it. Now here we are, his third season, and uh, he, he's not. I'm not ready to anoint them fully, but it is almost right there. He's on the precipice. They're definitely one of the, one of if the top teams coming into this. But that's what the expectation should be. Big Sky Championship, foregone conclusion. Win against the Cats most of the time. Playoff seating all the time. Playoff runs most of the time. That's what the expectation should be. Yeah, and I'm not going to just say this because the game is on ABC. We're bringing it to you at one o'clock. SWX if you're in the the Billings area. I'm not just saying like. These games are still important to watch just because of that, but they're fun to analyze. The, yeah, the Grizz, the Grizz should show up, roll them, and be good. But like, you want to watch that game to see, like, hey, how's you know Cam Humphrey and that offense executing on third down? Is the defense still you know flying around? Like, there's still things that like Montana can use these games to oh. improve and get yes. better. And it's yes. not something that you just ignore just because they're going to win by four touchdowns like there are a lot of things that the Grizz can use in these games to get better they can get more confident in certain areas like how do certain guys look maybe coming back from injury like all all of that like the young guys like like getting reps for like a junior Bergen and like a lot of these guys that are might have to end up playing crucial minutes if later on in the season if there are massive injuries like all of that stuff is is massively important in these games so no question yeah Yeah, no question i mean people forget that once upon a time chase reynolds was in exactly the position junior bergen's in right now except for he had been in the program chase had for a couple years but he was toiling as the fifth or sixth string running back everybody in front of him got hurt they had a powerhouse offensive line that year i believe it was this would have been 2006 maybe 2007 
And in his very first start, Chase went out and rushed for 250-plus yards against Northern Colorado and never looked back. And people forget that he was the backup of multiple players, but then he, he caught lightning in a bottle, and then he became the greatest running back in school history, in my opinion. But that's why, like you're saying, next man up, it's tried in these games like Cal Poly, and what if Junior Bergen bursts into a star? But there's many scenarios like that. Well, yeah, and like we like to think that the, these coaches know everything and they see these guys in practice, but like, like the Chase Reynolds thing. like Obviously, if he was like killing it in practice so much, he would have been right. the starter. Like, like, you didn't know you had a six-round draft pick back there, Bobby, but yeah. then, I mean, sometimes you just need guys to perform in games. Opportunity is, like, especially in football, like, you just need to be given that opportunity. And let's just say, like, the Grizz didn't play Western Illinois in, in week two, and they played, you know, like, uh, like Weber State has played a pretty tough schedule. Like they, no question. They played James Madison. Played Utah. Yeah, let's say... Played Dixie State. Let, let's, let's say that that the the Grizz played James Madison in week two. Sure. Right? And it's a tight game, and you're not getting certain guys as many opportunities. Like, maybe Malik Flowers doesn't get as many reps at wide receiver, and he doesn't have the breakout game that he did against Western Illinois. And because of that breakout game, now he has confidence, the coaches have confidence in him, and now he might have a completely different role the rest of the season, all because he had that opportunity in that sort of a game to do what he did. And so that's why these games are so massive and so important. That's the Coach Halk formula, too. He always talks about during fall camp, we don't really have position battles. We're not really talking about starters. There's some positions within their squad right now that are, you know, for sure starters, linchpins, Conlon Beaver, yeah, he, he's a starter. He, he's the guy at left tackle. You know, A.J. Forbes at center. Dylan Cook at right tackle. There's a couple guys that are like that. But, like, the D-line, they're just rolling. Whoever's fresh, let's roll. Linebackers, you probably want to keep Patrick O'Connell, Jace Lewis on the field as much as you can because those are two of your best players. But you're still rolling, guys. Even safety. The only guy on the defensive backfield for Montana that uh, doesn't come out of the game is Robbie Houck. Everybody else rotating all the time. So, but that's what Coach Houck does so well, though, is the art of building momentum within a season, as well as the art of making sure that every guy, when his number is called, if he's lucky enough and fortunate enough to be on that too deep, is ready. And that's the whole brilliance of the system, right? If you are going to play in a game, the coaches have to trust that you're ready to play in the game. And I think that, that again, to your point, that's why these games making sure everybody can perform. And the other point is you don't really know how guys will perform, too. Some guys might just be okay in practice, and they might just ball during games. I mean, that's so true with quarterbacks, right? You can see a guy, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there's been some quarterbacks that I've covered where when you're watching them warm up, you're like, dude, is that guy like league? And then you watch them try to process, and they can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And it's going to be curious, too, to see in a game before a big game, I bet that Coach Houck throws out some wrinkles out there in, like, in special teams, on offense, some looks, some things that just, like, Eastern is going to have to spend time preparing for. So I bet – or – but then on offense, like, they might be a little bit more vanilla and, like, yep. save some stuff. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they do that, you know, the swinging gate on the extra point and, like, maybe even hike it and, like, throw it to OD, you know, the, the long snapper or something like that. Or, like, throw some wrinkles in there that – that Eastern has to look forward to. Um, but also, like, things like the kicking game. Like, like Macias has not been solid so far. Sure. You know, he like, he's missed a couple kicks. So, like, this might be an opportunity to, hey, w- like, we're up big. We're, we want, like, this 47-yarder. Like, oh, we might not actually kick this in, a, in an actual game. But since it doesn't really matter if we miss it because we're up 20, like, give him a rep and see if he can knock it in, get some confidence moving forward. Because you're going to have to, like – National championship winning teams and contending teams have to rely on the kicking game and special teams. Mon- the Montana kicking game has not been solid 
for like a while. So it's Brody McKnight graduated. Yeah, I mean okay. Eric, Eric Eric Purdy was was, was solid. Was, uh, yeah, they've had guys that have been kind of solid. We're talking about though. Like Daniel, I mean, Daniel Sullivan was was fine. fine. Uh, but I guess, the, the thing is, though, we're comparing this though to Dan Carpenter, Brody McKnight, Chris Snyder. These guys are among the best kickers in Big Sky Conference history, too. Though, because like you're saying, though, if you're Montana and you have national championship aspirations, you put a high priority on that position. Yeah, well, I mean, they, I'm trying to think of the last. It was probably Brody. Like, I'm trying to think of the last guy that like. Hey, there's a 50 yarder. Like, there's a decent chance, a good, a decent to good chance they're gonna make this. Like, they haven't had like a kicker that yeah. can hit like a uh, you know 40 to 55 yarder. The, 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 the so third, long. the 30 yard line has been the goal for that for 10 years. There's there is nobody that like 47 is what you're lining up for every once in a while. And, and of course, if we were wrong statistically, there might have been one or two or three. 47 plus yard field goals over the last handful of years, whatever the number is, but it's but none, been none that you have any confidence in. No, exactly. And then our whole point here is that there are a handful of kickers in the big sky every year that can make that sort of field goal. So the Grizz and the Bobcats should both have one and they have in the past. So that's what makes it even more uh, tough to swallow when they don't have one. And so, you know, you're right. Getting into the groove for Macias is important. I just think of the last, what was it? The last time Cal Poly came to Missoula. Was it the, was it the, the, that was like a 50-yarder at the buzzer to win it. Yeah, it? exactly. And Portland State, too. Yeah. So Cal Poly had the, the win over Bob Stitt the week after North, North Dakota State. State. Yeah. They had a kicker that made a, a buzzer beater at halftime of that game, which proved to be the game winner. But then also, yes, Cody Davis, or Cody Williams, excuse me, from uh, Portland State, he nailed a 57-yarder at the buzzer, at yeah. the horn, for Portland State to have a walk-off. So uh, pr- pretty interesting. Sean Rainey joining us here. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana television sean is the sports director at swx we're doing this outside of swx here on a tuesday night sean i want to transition on you for a brief moment before coming back to the grizz eastern games that's an interesting uh, topic with the promotion to espn2 um but you mentioned just uh, the fact that you can put so much more on film now too i think that's a, a key part of game planning especially when you get into league play teams start to identify tendencies you have a, an opponent where you have a coach like Bo Baldwin who's very familiar with your previous systems but what does he think of these systems but then going down the road I think you want to be as confusing and hard to scout for as possible if you're the Grizzlies so you can put a lot on film that's what I saw in Bozeman as well Montana State ran way more offensive concepts they ran way more zone read offensively uh, they had they ran so many more blitzes pressures fronts everything defensively but that was mostly because they're trying to screw with Barnum right like they want to put all that on film and say hey you didn't see any of this week one and two here's all the stuff we got but it's the same premise here with montana they could do sort of that sort of thing to, to cal poly going into the eastern washington game well i'm also really curious you would never get a straight answer from the coaching staff on the record about this but with a bye week this last week yeah if i if i were the the coach and maybe, like, you know, I've never put, like, a game plan together as a coaching staff. So sure. I don't really know necessarily, like, the ins and outs of how it exactly works day-to-day as far as how you're formulating it. I'd, I'd have both of my coordinators work, working the, the bye week, doing the one-week um, game plan for Cal Poly, and then I'd have them cheating ahead to Eastern. This coaching staff is so veteran that uh, I asked Bobby Houck, at Big Sam Media Days. Uh, when you guys weren't playing and these other teams were, how much were you watching? How much were you scouting? And he said, I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek or not, but he said, 
we got scouting reports on most of the most competitive teams in the country. He said, I, we, we have at least an idea of what everybody looks like in the league and on the national landscape. So I think they've already been scouting Easter. I think that's why these guys look so well prepared because they already have been scouting everybody that they've played. But I wonder, too, if they're even like putting in some, some plays that they're working on now. They don't tell the team that they're not going to run those this week. Sure. But they just are telling – they're just – because and you're not going to tell the team like, oh, yeah, this is for Eastern because you don't want them to be looking ahead at sure. all. you got to have the, the guys locked in. But maybe you could even, you know, sneak in a package or, or a few plays that you could start practicing now and then just be like, oh, yeah, we didn't get to it, and then, bam, we'll have it ready for Eastern. Because, like, I don't know, if it's me and you're, you're going to be rolling in as 40-something point favorites and then you have a huge game the next week with a bye – I would be using that extra time to get fully ready for Eastern Washington. And, I mean, that's going to be a fascinating matchup. Grizz have never – I've been on that stupid red turf a lot. Yep. They've never won. They've not won since they switched to that, that red turf. The most interesting parallel there, though, Sean Rainey joining me here. Nuanas now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, Wells SWX Montana TV. This is, the, this is the question we'll never know the answer to. Because it's like the chicken and the egg, right? Eastern Washington installed the red turf before the 2010 season. Excuse me. That was the year after Bobby Houck had left Montana. Bo Baldwin had been at Eastern Washington for three years. And then Bo Baldwin went on one of the great runs with Eastern behind Bo Levi Mitchell, Brandon Kaufman, Nick Edwards, one of the most dynamite offenses the league has ever seen. They went on one of the great runs we've ever seen in the playoffs, period. Not just for a Big Sky team, but period. And they win the 2010 National Championship. That sets the table then for five semifinals in the next 10 years. Cooper Cup, Samson Ebucom, these guys that are stars in the NFL, Kendrick Bourne, these guys are not just like good big sky players. These guys are NFL starters. Uh, but we'll never know which came first, right? Like if Bobby Houck would have never left Montana, would Eastern Washington have the allure of the domination of the red turf? They don't dominate the turf because of the color it is. They dominate it because they were the premier program in the league. But would they have been the premier program in the league without Bobby Houck? That's why this is such a fascinating deal because Bo Baldwin, he had no success against Bobby Houck. It was only two years, and he was playing against a team that went undefeated both years in 2008-2009. But it is sort of an interesting chicken or the egg now that Bo Baldwin now at long last is back in the big sky at Cal Poly. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that if Coach Houck didn't leave, Eastern wouldn't have had as much success against the Grizz sure. over those years. I mean, I, that's just, I, I don't think there's much of a, a debate there. And you know what? You know what the most important point there worth making, though, too, is that uh, Montana wouldn't have let Eastern take all of the Eastern Washington recruits. Like, Montana's was waving the white flag to Eastern, and they were getting all the offensive and defensive linemen that would sometimes come to Montana, regardless. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's why this game is so huge to me, because it's like, the it's like a, the shifting of the power in this area, you know, for this sure. game. Like, if, if the Grizz, especially, like, defensively, if they go out and kind of impose their will no question. defensively, I, I think a lot of teams around the Big Sky will be nervous and, and scared that the Grizz are fully back. Seth Bodner, Justin Angle, Kent Haslam, anybody that's listening to this, this is truly not even just an opinion. I think it's a fact. This is one of the biggest things that could be done for in-state recruiting that there is. You already are on the radar of so many Washington high school kids because you went into Husky Stadium and you knocked off the Huskies. Now you have Eastern Washington in their house on ESPN2. 
you are going to resonate to students in Washington so much. This is one of the greatest marketing and uh, recruitment tools the university has had in so long, and I hope they take advantage of it. But maybe it's not even taking advantage of it. Maybe the fact that it's even happening is already just a huge advantage for Montana. Yeah, it's massive. And it's funny how, I mean, a lot of people that are listening to this are, you know, sports fans, so they are not going to scoff at this. But there's a lot of people that don't like sports that are just would be so annoyed with that statement you made and the fact that, like, a football team has such an influence on a university. Huge influence. But, like, the students, like, just look at the student section last week, like, last game. It was, like, completely rocking. There's an energy. There's a buzz. I talked to a lot of the players. They say how awesome it is just being back on campus and, like, seeing people this year and and the energy that is around the university. And a lot of that comes with the football team. And when the football team is dominating, because that is the culture of the University of Montana, like, when they are back into this position – it just has a vibe, man. It's all about having a vibe. And right now, it is a is it a it's a crazy vibe. And if Montana can keep winning, if they win, that you know the next two games and knock off Eastern on ESPN two with all that, you know the biggest stage like that you just mentioned, and if they do it in a in a way like they won at Washington, where I think I think defense, um, you know, so many people like points and they think the offense is sexy and all that. That's, Montana's more, their identity is tough and physical and defense. And if they go out there and, and do their thing defensively and make it a struggle for Eastern Washington, I mean, the energy and the vibes, um, not just within the football team, but with the whole university and all the students, man, it's it's going to be huge. Guerrilla marketing is some of the most effective marketing. When, when you, know, you don't know you're getting marketed to. The... Uh, when the Grizz win in Seattle, now every time any person in Seattle is wearing Grizz gear at the store, likely somebody's going to say something to them and be like, oh, that's the Grizz team that beat the Huskies. That is marketing at a higher level than you could ever get because it's imprinted in people's minds more than any other commercial you could ever have. So that's why I just think that it's, it is so important. Um, it's a fascinating conversation, but Montana is making waves. And also, if you identify as a football school in a football town, I mean, the, the, the vibe is so real like you're talking about because guess what? In Montana, everybody wants to talk to each other because we're neighbors, we're friends. What's the number one thing we talk about? The Grizz. When the Grizz aren't winning, you're having talk, negative conversations. Well, I wish this, this, this would happen. The coaches, the players, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like when the Grizz just roll people, everybody's like, how about them Grizz? It makes everybody's dialogue a business operations, our media, everything, just so much more positive. Sports are a wonderful thing. That's that, right. And that's why it's just so terrible being a Padres and Chargers fan, you know? <laughs> we didn't <laughs> even... Vikings fan. We didn't even get there. I was going to have a joint therapy session yeah, over both, the... Both of our teams losing on field goals in, like, the, a five-minute span. On and Sunday. the fact that we're not even surprised by it because it's so common. Unbelievable. We don't have time for that today, though. Sean Rainey, great stuff. Excellent stuff here. On Nuanas now. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. 
Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Spartans' winning streak is now at 13 straight after yet another triumph over one of the top teams in the state of Montana. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Missoula Sentinel football team has carried the momentum of last fall's state championship run into this season. After ripping off 10 in a row last year to claim the school's first Class AA state title in nearly 50 years, Sentinel moved to 3-0 this season with a gritty 29-21 victory over number 3 Kalispell Glacier on Friday night. Top-ranked Spartans saw Adam Jones score a pair of fourth-quarter rushing touchdowns to remain undefeated. Glacier power back Jake Randina scored twice on the ground, but that was offset by Sentinel senior Zach Cruz throwing a pair of first-half touchdowns to help the Spartans keep pace. Big Sky and Hillgate both had a hard time getting on track last week. Eagles could not get on the scoreboard while six different Helena Capital players scored as the Bruins cruised to a 49-0 win in the capital city. At Washington Grizzly Stadium, the number five Bengals of Helena saw future Grizz quarterback Caden Hewitt fire six touchdown passes all in the first half as Helena crushed Hillgate 63-6. In the Class A ranks, Jarrett Wilson continued piling up eye-popping numbers, throwing for 370 yards in six touchdowns to lead Polson past Ronan 62-8. And in Class B, Missoula Loyola moved to 3-1 with a 39-12 win over Conrad behind 167 yards and three touchdowns on the ground from Taylor Reynolds. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Montana, welcome back. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You can visit Northwest Motorsport online and check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Head on over to nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Well, time now for the latest edition and the first edition of the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman of Big Sky Conference play. The Bobcats, Montana State, they travel to Portland to take on the Vikings of Portland State on Saturday. Montana, they're at home, homecoming in Missoula to take on Cal Poly. But Alex, she's from SWX Montana Television. She joins us each week here on Nuanas Now to give us the scoop on all things Montana State as well as whatever's going on there in southwest Montana as well. Alex, pleasure having you as always. How you doing? Oh, Coulter, thank you so much for having me. I love being on your show every week. It's such a privilege, and I'm I'm doing well, but I was just telling you, it just keeps getting busier and busier this fall sports season, doesn't it? It absolutely does. I, one thing I love talking with you is because you have not been to a lot of these places, and so this is your first trip out to Portland uh, to cover a Portland State game. You're going to go to the mighty Hillsboro Stadium. It's a high school stadium in the suburbs of Portland. It's actually a pretty nice venue. It's just unfortunate for Portland State that they no longer have the leeway to play downtown at PGE Park. They continue to work on plans to potentially have a stadium on campus, but I'm not sure what the status of that is. But here nor there, what are your thoughts about your, your upcoming trip to Portland, and uh, what, do you ex- what do you expect as you, you hit the city of Rose? 
Well, first of all, I'm very excited just to start conference play. I think the Cats are off to a really good start, especially with a first-year head coach and Coach Vegan. Um, second of all, love Oregon. My dad actually grew up in Salem, so not too far from Portland. I have a lot of memories uh, going to Portland with my grandparents and just visiting the city. It's so beautiful. And I was actually talking to Bobby Daly about the old stadium that Portland State would play in. And he goes, when I was playing for the Cats, that place was sweet. I wish they still played there. So hopefully uh, the Vikings can get back to playing uh, in, in, in their own type of stadium. But I am overall very, very excited to just start conference play. It'll be fun. Three games into this year, Montana State running totally different schemes than they were uh, last time out in 2019. They got, by and large, a new coaching staff, a lot of new faces playing in new positions, a lot of old faces playing in new positions as well. But just in your evaluation, who surprised you so far at Montana State, or has there been any pleasant surprises in terms of individual players thus far? That's a really good question, Coulter. I don't know if I've had any surprises necessarily, but I will say I'm really, really happy to see Lance McCutcheon and Willie Patterson step up to the plate here for this wide receiver group. I know that's what they wanted to do, so I'm very excited about that. Ty Okada is just on fire for the defense. I've loved watching him play, especially with getting that pick six over USD this past weekend, first one since 2017. Um, And then Elijah Elliott getting his first touchdown of his collegiate career for the Cats. And it was so fun, Coulter. You you and I were sitting there in that post-game presser, and he said, I was watching myself on the on the big screen running into the end zone and just ha- was grinning from, from ear to ear. So those are the people that I am happy about seeing. Again, I don't know if anybody has necessarily surprised me per se. And, of course, Matthew McKay, just a big talking point for this team this year. Again, not surprised, but very pleased with the way that he's played so far and it's everything that I think everybody was hoping to see out of him. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, maybe not a surprise, but I think that it's been uh, impressive to watch several different players in their transitions. Like James Campbell has done a really good job switching from wide receiver to cornerback. I think he's been more than adequate. I think he's been good there at cornerback. I think that Atai Okada, I, I, I've always liked his makeup and just what makes him tick, but the fact that he now can play, not just not just play but he can he can excel at multiple different positions from nickelback to strong safety to free safety i think that gives montana state's defense a lot of diversity i've always been of the notion that prototype size is one of the most overblown things in recruiting and in college football i think if you have heart desire explosiveness and good technique particularly on the lines you can hang and daniel hardy's done more than hang he's dominated and i think that there was a notion that maybe he wouldn't be able to because he is a slight guy comparatively i mean he's a jacked guy he is he is absolutely buff and physically fit and all that but 6-3-2-30 is not that big for your prototype division one defensive end but he's proven that it doesn't matter nobody can block him he's so fast off the edge uh, so i think all those things have been pleasant surprises i also think just the 
how solid the play calling has been across the board and just the execution from start to finish uh, has been very good as well. So Montana State uh, definitely good returns during the non-conference uh, in Brent Vegan's first season at the helm. It's the Montana State Minute. Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana Television joining us here on Nuanas Now, breaking out all things Bobcats as MSU heads out to Portland State coming Saturday. And Alex, you mentioned Elijah Elliott. He's a guy that I think that this game brings forth a very personal touch because Elijah Elliott is from Portland. He's one of a handful of guys that's from that neck of the woods. <laughs> he's a very talented kid. But people that re- harken back to when he was recruited, I think people will remember that he was not part of the signing class because he signed a few months later. He did not sign until the summer. Well, the reason behind that was his older brother, Deontay Strickland, who was an outstanding point guard at Portland State, he was shot and killed that year. And I know this is a very gut-wrenching memory for Elijah Elliott. And we touched on it a bit in the postgame press conference on Saturday as he made his debut there. But you just have to wonder, you know, for some of these guys, it is a return home. They get to play in front of their families. Daniel Hardy, another one. You know, he lost his father when he was in high school. And so, you know, I think there is a little bit of emotion behind that. But oftentimes we see athletes thrive on that sort of emotion, you know, sort of showing out for their families when they are trying to remember somebody that passed far too soon. So I'm interested in that element because I know you, Alex, also love the stories and the emotion behind this. So I'm just excited for those guys to be able to go back home and play in front of their families and, and maybe give a little bit of homage to somebody that uh, went before they did. I couldn't agree more, Coulter. And speaking of Daniel Hardy, uh, I read a great article on him a few weeks ago in regards to how he gained the 20-plus pounds that he has in his transition from outside linebacker to DN. And uh, he credits a lot of it, Coulter, to cookie dough blizzards at Dairy Queen. <laughs> Uh, the cookie dough blizzard. So, I, I mean, that kind of hit home for me because I love the M&M blizzard. And I uh, if I had the pounds, I think I'd go right to Dairy Queen just like him. Of course, aside from the fact that he's had great training in the weight room and then Brittany Patera, of course, their, their dietitian and nutritionist for Montana State, helping out with making sure that he's, uh, you know, do, gaining the pounds in a healthy way. But... You know, a cookie dough blizzard can never hurt you that hard. You know, Colter? That's exactly right. And I think it's hilarious the way that these guys go about putting on weight because I think the common fan forgets sometimes this is not Alabama. This is not Oregon. There's not private chefs and training tables and all that. These guys a lot of times are right. doing it on their own. So it is important to have somebody like Brittany Patera there to sort of guide the way. Uh, let's talk about this upcoming matchup. The Bobcats open conference play against Portland State. Portland State's a team that I think is sort of an enigma in the league. I think they're better than most other people that cover this league think they are. I think there's a lot of circumstances that go into the perception that they're not quite as good, uh, but I think they just have a dynamite quarterback, and I think that uh, they, they're a tough-minded team. Bruce Barnum's a really good coach. He's been in the league for most of the last 20 years. Uh, but what's your feeling? Because I know you were around this team, so what do you think of just the, sort of the confidence level of the Cats? How do the guys seem this week as you were doing your interviews and things like that? I think they seem locked in and focused, Coulter. I think that this couldn't have been a better start for Montana State. Um, I think the only thing that would have made it better was bringing home that, that initial win against Wyoming. But I do think that they have continued to not only stay consistent, but get better and really focus in on what's going to make them better. That's what Coach Vegan and the rest of the coaching staff really hones in on every week. We go in there to start the week for the press conference uh, to open up kind of talking about the next game ahead and coach vegan always ropes it back into we're more worried about what we need to fix about ourselves than looking at the opposing team that said 
of course, you have to look at the opposing team, and it'll be really interesting because Montana State hasn't played Portland State since 2018, and the only type of um, film that they have to seriously go off of as of most recently, aside from these first three games, is also their game against Montana uh, in the spring. So it'll be really interesting, Um, and I agree with you. I think that it's going to be a very good matchup. I think Portland State is a better team than they get credit for. Um, I'm excited to see the Desert Swarm defense kind of take place, especially because I'm a U of A grad. I'm very sad about that right now, though, because Northern Arizona got that big win over them last weekend. But that's okay. I'm excited to see that take place. Um, And I'm excited to just go out and see the atmosphere. I'm also interested to see if Coach Bruce gives out free beers to the fans this time around. Well, I think if you have Montana fans coming to town, first of all, you're probably going to close to double your attendance. Last week, I think they had about 3,500 people there. I bet you there's at least 2,000 Bobcat fans to make this trip. But also, mm-hmm. as Bobby Houck was saying, he was teasing Bruce Barnum earlier this week. He said, you got that sort of deal where you say you're going to buy all the Montana be- people beer. You better be prepared to work for 10 extra years because that might be a quarter million dollar tab. <laughs> You know, I, I couldn't agree more, Coulter. I mean, that's a great point that Coach House makes for sure. She's Alex Eshelman. She joins us once a week here on Nuanas Now as part of our Montana State Minute. Alex, thanks for making time. I know you're super busy. And the best of luck this weekend. Enjoy yourself in the city of Roses, Portland, one of my favorite cities on the West Coast. So hopefully you have a great time. And uh, thanks so much for joining us to give us the latest and greatest on the Montana State Bobcats. And Coulter, as always, thank you so much. It's a privilege. And I'll see you here right back next Wednesday. The Montana State Minute, Alex Eshelman. She's doing a great job and uh, happy to have her as a contributing member here on Nuanas Now. TSPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Got a fancy football team? I know you do. You need some advice? I know you do. Call us, text us right now. 406-888-1029-888-1029. Fancy football advice, questions, who you should play, who you should sit, suggestions for me, suggestions for the world at large, commentary, whatever. 406-888-1029. That'll get you entered into a contest to be... Uh, drawn to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill and engage with us here at Nuanas Now. 888-1029. We'll do that. Wing it Wednesday, presented by the Despo, right here, ESPN Radio. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I use. 
Welcome back in. Juana's now. ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. You hungry? You will be. Even if you're not right now, you're going to be. And I'm going to make you hungry because I'm going to tell you about the best wings in the city of Missoula. It's Wing of Wednesday. Presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Despo home to the best wings in the Garden City. That ain't just me telling you. That is voted on by you, the Garden City public, for years and years and years and years. It must be 12, 13 years in a row. Despo has been voted best wings in the city of Missoula. And each Wednesday during the 4 o'clock hour here on Nuanas Now, we give you a chance to win a dozen wings. Despo also a great place to go watch all of the sports. It's a great baseball bar. We're reaching the stretch run of Major League Baseball. So you want to go down and kick it, watch some baseball with some fellow baseball fans. Despo's your go-to spot. What do you got to do to win these wings? Just engage with me in a fantasy football conversation. That's all. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Send me via text, via phone call, whatever. You want to get a hold of us? Any way you get a hold of us, you'll be entered in to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Fancy football questions, fancy football advice. You got it? You want it? Hit me. 888-1029 for your chance to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. couple guys that I've been leaning on a little bit in fantasy football. First and foremost, I would say my biggest flaw when it comes to my fantasy leagues is I have a really hard time drafting and playing players that I don't particularly like or especially from teams I don't particularly enjoy watching. It's a flaw. I wouldn't suggest taking my <laughs> uh, procedure here. But uh, I also love drafting guys that I love watching. One of my favorite players in the league, and this is fully just because of my personal connection to him, is Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington. Covered Cooper Cup for the duration of his career. I, I believe even pre-Skyline Sports days, I believe that at uh, my old website uh, that was dedicated primarily to covering Montana State football, but also the Big Sky Conference at large. One of the first around the Big Sky features I wrote was about Cooper Cup when he was a freshman. And I continued to chronicle his career, and I ended up writing uh, upwards of three dozen pieces about him, including a uh, pretty long-form story that included a lot of different sources from around the league. And uh, he's definitely been a guy I've loved following. I also love him on my fantasy team. And I really love him on my fantasy team when he goes for over 150 yards and two touchdowns like he did last week for the Los Angeles Rams. So Cup, to me, with that new uh, new offensive continuity with Sean McVay and, and Matt Stafford, he's a must-play. I know that most fantasy experts, quote-unquote, are going to tell you he's sort of a flex guy. Um, and if you have premier receivers, like on my primary team, I do have Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. I'm not playing Cup over either of those guys, but he's definitely my number one option there at the flex. So a Cup's definitely a guy that's been making me some money, scoring me some points early on here. The other guy who I think has an opportunity to get a ton of touches, who is a little underrated coming into this fantasy year, 
is Debo Samuel uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's going to get a lot of touches. He looks back to being healthy. I know they have a diversity of weapons, uh, but he's definitely a guy that uh, he's been scoring points early, and he looks back to full health. So definitely a guy that's worth uh, having in your lineup. And then the third one, I gave a little bit of bunk advice about this. I, I got to apologize. Before the season, I uh, I said that I did, was not really that interested in having Damian Harris be one of your top two running backs. And I don't know. I think he's not necessarily going to be an RB1 or an RB2, but I do think he's worth being in your lineup uh, for the New England Patriots. He's been pretty good early on here. Patriots not really known for that consistent of a run game, but maybe they will have one now because TB12 ain't there anymore and they got a rookie quarterback. So maybe they put a higher priority on running the football. You got fancy football questions, comments, advice, commentary, whatever. 888-1029. That's 888-1029. And uh, we'll get you in here, get you all entered in for 12 wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, courtesy of us here at ESPN Missoula, as well as the King of Wings down there at the Despo. Another guy that I think that uh, has some breakout, there's actually two more guys that have some breakout potential. And by the way, a lot of these advice pieces of advice I'm going to be giving you are going to be about receivers and tight ends because most of you out there, you're pretty smart. You're pretty good at fantasy football. And you can delineate some of the best running backs. Also, Following the injuries of the running backs, I mean, basically you want to play guys that are fresh, that are getting touches. That's the the formula. And uh, as the season goes on, there'll always be less and less of those guys. But a couple other guys I think have, have the opportunity to maybe break out fantasy stars this uh, season. Michael Pittman Jr. from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's had a couple good games so far. I know the Colts have struggled out of the gates here. But Michael Pittman Jr. is one of the best athletes in the league on the perimeter. And uh, he's got high put- touchdown potential, big-time red zone potential as well. So he's definitely got it. Could be a breakout. I also think the Bengals are going to be improved this year, uh, but not improved enough to really be making a push for the playoffs. I think they're going to be coming from behind a lot of times, particularly in their division, because I think the AFC North is one of the best divisions in the NFL. So I think that a good guy to have on your roster, maybe start from time to time, is Jamar Chase, the rookie out of LSU. Question marks? Whether he would be fresh and ready to roll after opting out of the season last fall, he's looked great so far. He's got great chemistry with Joe Burrow. Seems like they have a lot of trust. So we'll see. But early on, good returns from a couple young guys in Michael Pittman and Jamar Chase. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Swinging Wednesday. We'll let it trickle into the second hour because I know we're kind of up against the top of the hour here. But if you have fantasy football questions, comments, advice, whatever, shoot us a text. 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. And we'll get you all entered in for your opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. Sam Herter, the ESPN Roundtable. As well as Tyler Smith, talking all things AA football. Keep it right here. ESPN Missoula. 
The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 